Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Hi folks, this is Timothy Harvey with Zompocalypse Now, and as everyone knows, Dustin is off this week because he has just moved down to Texas, and so this is the first episode of Zompocalypse Now where we actually have a guest host. Ta-da! Yay, guest hosts! Woo! Yay, guest host! <laughs> we have a very special guest host, uh, yes, at you least do. as far as I am concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one single solitary child in this world. And they have graciously agreed to come play with me today for this episode of our review of this episode of Fear of the Walking Dead. Especially considering you have never watched an episode before. This is my first time. I have been um, inoculated into the apocalypse. Yes, welcome to the joy and fun that is Fear of the Walking Dead. Introduce yourself to the audience. All right. My name is Nikki. Um, I go by Nikki K. And uh, I am a freelance comic artist. Uh, I have a Patreon. You can find it at um, patreon.com slash blue and orange. That's blue without an E and orange, all one word. Um, My interests are generally anything to do with horror, uh, video games, and fandom. Right now I'm in the Overwatch fandom, which if you know anything about the series, is basically just mashing figurines together. There's not really much lore, and any lore that we get is convoluted at best. Um, <laughs> my, um, So I did read the first issue of the comics. I didn't like it all that much. So when the show came out, um, I was pretty disinterested. Um, the most I know about the first episode actually was a drunken retelling from my friend Buggy. And um, <laughs> while very entertaining, um, it just, you know, cemented the idea that maybe this wasn't the show for me. I adore the games by, um, uh, goodness, who who's doing the, the um, oh, the, the games where you press the buttons and make choices and, and people yeah. will remember that. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Dustin plays it, so. Oh goodness! Should I Google it so we can? <laughs> ah, no, we can come. We can, we, if it comes back to us, it comes back to us. They're not. They're not giving us any money for the show, so. Oh right. So yeah, no, <laughs> screw them. Uh, no, they're fantastic games. Um, and uh, I. I mean, I've always loved apocalypses and and zombies. Um, I just wasn't all that interested in the original main character. Of mm-hmm. the series, so it's it's. I'm kind of glad actually that the show is getting big enough to where they're making new stories, and um, I really enjoyed this episode. Actually, it was probably oh, cool. the best episode for me to come in on um, because it's just nothing but girls doing shit, and <laughs> the guys climb stuff, and then they go back to their truck and they sit in their truck, and some of them die and the girls get all this stuff done and that's how i like it so i'm i'm officially <laughs> invested depending on how many episodes you need to bring me in on um i'm definitely it's a little gray for my tastes but <laughs> well see this is you know the uh considering how much over the last several years dustin and i have 
um, railed on this show for its its many many sins. Um, the fact that this you you came in on this one and you really enjoyed it is actually really cool because this season has been a much stronger season Ooh. for the show. Um, like I, so for the folks who are listening, basically when when I asked her to do this, I sat there and went, okay, here's the crushed down version of four you know three and a half seasons worth of info um which you know how much of that made a whole lot of sense when i was giving that to you last night last I... night <laughs> <laughs> what i t- yes it has been less than 24 hours since i got the rundown um i remember locusts and yeah. i could not <laughs> for the life of me put any of the characters that you told me about to any of the people that I saw on screen. Um, and that was, that was, that in some ways this was a really good episode for that because the only, all, these are all new characters. These are all folks who have appeared this season. I mean, Morgan comes from the regular The Walking Dead show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he but, just stayed in the truck and offered beer. Yeah. And, but everybody else uh, is either everybody with Morgan arrived last episode. June and uh, Al were introduced just this season. So in many mm-hmm. ways, you're looking at the show without the and baggage is 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 the right word, but it's all it has a tend- tendency of a negative connotation. But it literally is their story baggage for all the other characters. So. Alicia and Strand and Lucy, who uh, will apparently be in next week's episode, uh, will are are the holdovers from the previous seasons, and they didn't make an appearance this episode. So oh, so it's a locust list episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those of you you know listening to the show may recall. Um, Dustin and I have at various times described the adventures of the Fear of the Walking Dead uh, Team Madison uh, as being uh, either a plague of locusts or coming in and lexing the hell out of the place. Uh, for those of you who remember the 1990s uh, science fiction series Lex. And because they tended to leave a trail of destruction in their wake and it drove Dustin and I nuts because it was just like, okay... Um, why would you want, why, why are we watching these people? They are all kind of awful. And I mean, some of they're fascinating, but they're awful. And this season, um, has done something that, that has long been a complaint of ours with the walking dead universe is that there's, there's hopeful characters on the show right now. And there are, with a, you know, positive ideas and, that was the core of this episode, actually, which I found really interesting, considering how it was a it was something that I really took away from our discussion last night was just how hopeless the human condition seems to be in this universe. And this episode, like completely, it's like it heard you. It's like, <laughs> oh, Tim really, really wants us to have like, I don't know, a positive outlook on people in general. Let's try that. And then let's have this random ass chick completely subvert it and just keep clawing her way. 
do we know who she is? Was this her first episode? By this the way, this is her. This is her second episode. The lady, uh, the lady okay. who shows up at the end uh, with the pet zombie. Um, she is what I guess two episodes ago we heard her voice. Okay. Um, and then we saw her briefly at the end of last week's episode, and we were like. Who is this person, and what is she doing, and why is she writing on this guy's face? And and we is didn't that get all of those answered? But we got some of them. <laughs> we think that the the zombie that she wrote on the first one that she had on a, on a chain, we think that's the original owner of the truck. That makes sense, semi. considering what little we know about what which words she chose to put on the faces that's what it seems to be which is kind of depressing when you consider how much you know morgan wants to try and and come back to this this good person who is leaving these boxes and of course to find that you know he may have been murdered or or i mean he may not have been murdered he may have just been attacked by zombies and and or or died of other causes and then this lady is using him but we don't know who she is and What's interesting is her interaction with Morgan tonight, because it was very, very cryptic. I have a list of notes for when we go through the the episode breakdown. And yes, I tried to be very professional in my very first podcast. Um, (laughs) What the fuck is this scene? I have no context to make sense of all this tension. (laughs) And then... I, looking back on it now, knowing that she, you know, just just got introduced, and um, it's still very. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you're not the only one. I mean, that's that's the interesting thing is that this, and, and you know, in in every in every story, you have to have a level of conflict, and in the Walking Dead universe, that usually translates into a singular villain of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was on the regular show, they had the governor who led a you know, a town. Or Negan, who led a collection of survival-minded folks, or you know whatever it is, there's always a a single, you know, specific villain. But they usually tend to come in groups, and oh. she seems to be on her own. So there's all kinds of mystery involved with her. But anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the episode itself. And so, like we said, it's basically it's um, Al and. June, or as Dustin calls her, Dharma, June, Linda, Pauline, Mary. <laughs> you know, he'll just he'll just rattle off names because, of course, she has been at various points in this. And since she was introduced, she has been she's given different names to different people. Now, supposedly, June is her quote unquote real name. That's what she says, and we have no reason to think that it's not her real name at this point. Mm-hmm. And. You haven't seen it, but John, she actually was saved by John Dory, who's the Garrett actor, uh, Garrett Dillahunt plays him. Um, he saved her when she had been injured and washed up basically out the shores of the river down by his cabin. And he mm-hmm. nursed her back to health and he fell in love with her um, over the, the weeks that, that uh, she was with him. And then one day he got up and she was gone. And so, because he is kind of, he's this kind, gentle person who has got that, you know, kind of white knight, 
must, you know, I, I want to help people mentality he went out looking for um, with no real expectation that he would ever actually find her. If, right. he, if, he, if he was honest with himself, it was just, it was a way for him to have a purpose. And leave his and then, cabin. Yeah. And so he did find her and um, they have, they're in the beginnings of this. He's, he's in love with her and she is mm-hmm. not entirely sure how she feels about him. She is, she cares about him very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, she's attracted to him. But what that means, it seems that she doesn't know what that is. And which is perfectly, makes perfect sense in terms of how people actually act. Yeah, that's uh, actually so, more nuanced acting than I, uh, or nuanced character writing than I would have gone in expecting. Yeah, so it's, uh, well, and that's the other thing with this season. There's There's been some really nice, quiet little moments, uh, which the show has not always gotten right previously. So there's, it's a whole new writing staff. So as the episode opens, you see her post the hurricane, and the truck is out in the middle of basically just devastated landscape. And she's walking up and down the road uh, with the walkie-talkie, doing the ridiculous broadcast out in the world for anybody to hear without any real reality check that that's not how two-way radios work. Um, and let's just keep the button down so even if he can reply, we'll never hear him. Because <laughs> even when we pause for long, long moments to collect our thoughts, we are still jamming the button down. <laughs> I haven't interacted with many walkie-talkies, um, mostly because I never leave my home. But every single time I have, I am very anxiously aware of the fact that when I press the button, I cannot hear the other person when the entire purpose of a walkie-talkie is to hear someone who is not there with me. That would generally be the idea, yes. It always bothers me when I see, and it, it's, it may just be a personal thing, maybe other people don't um, have that anxiety, because um, I know I have many that are very strange, <laughs> but just f- during your monologue... It's okay if you give the audience bits of static. It's, I, it's not that annoying. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is the kind of detail stuff that drives me nuts. And guess what, folks? It's genetic. Um, <laughs> if Dustin were were here, he'd be hitting us both and going, "Shut up, move on." Um, <laughs> but so she. You know, she's not getting a response, and and Al is, you know, so, not getting a response. She's like, no, I'm not getting a response. And they are basically, they're out of, they're out of diesel, okay? The, they were not planning on having to drive through a storm, or they were hoping to be able to get back to where they were before. And they don't have, you know, they got as far as they got, and then they're not going any further. And Al is not doing too well. And at first, she's, you know, she's saying that, Low blood sugar, she hasn't eaten in a while, but June actually has medical training. And so she's looking at her going, no, I don't think so. And just as someone who uh, is just coming on the show, my first impression was her, the, the way that she was acting was, no, June, I'm just pissed that you used all my goddamn batteries. <laughs> when you know my life is this camera, you used all of it. 
<laughs> I only have so many. We're in the goddamn apocalypse. Please stop playing the goddamn tape. We'll find him or we won't. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a fairly abrupt person in most of her interactions with people. Not always, but she's often... So she's not... It's not too out of character for her to be that kind of... Uh, you know, short sentences, kind of tight stuff. But um, mm. she's also very, you know, she's she is keenly aware that there is not a lot of battery power left, and they can't recharge it because the truck isn't uh, there to recharge it. So, so they decide that um, they've got to they've got to find something else. They can't just stay there because Al is they've getting run out of food. Yeah, Al is getting worse. They're not. No one's going to come and find them if they can't. You know, they're just going to sit out in the middle of nowhere. And this is Texas, where there's a whole lot of out of the middle of nowhere. So uh, June says, "Okay, we got to go. We got to go find something." And they walk down. They find a car. And as they're driving along, suddenly the truck comes barreling past them. Yeah. And Al's like. Uh, that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) And they have one of the most disinterested car chases. June just isn't... It it was like any other I'm driving in a car face I've ever seen. If you're going that fast, you don't just look... I don't know. That acting was strange. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, without having seen other episodes, there's a very interesting history with... Women Drivers and the Walking Dead Universe. Oh, no. And um, it has gotten much, much better than it used to be. Okay. Because okay. originally, Lori, who was the, the wife of Rick uh, in, in the, the Walking Dead series, um, she was the worst driver in the universe. <sighs> and we were always... And, and then... And, there were a lot of problems with Lori's character, and we don't blame we don't blame the actress at all. She did a, a actually a, she's a really fine actress. She's on Colony, which is a science fiction series about an alien invasion, and and she was on Prison Break, and so she's actually a very talented actress. But Lori was a terrible, terrible character who did terrible, terrible, stupid things all the time, and apparently her driving skills involve getting in the car and crashing it. Because every time Lori got behind the wheel of a car, we were like, how long till she flips the car? Because we did it <laughs> enough times, it almost became a thing. And and there have Flip been... Flip it! Oh, God, it's just, it was so awful. And as the show has gone on, um, and more and more women have been allowed behind the wheels of the cars... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it's gotten better, and there are certain there are okay. certain uh, female characters in the show who've never had a problem driving a car. Um, there has been uh, Carol on, who is the best character uh, on The Walking Dead. Uh, Carol has never had a problem behind the wheel of a car because Carol is all the badass in the world. She's in her fifties. Good for you, Carol. She's she's in her fifties. Um, she kicks ass. She's very cool. Uh, oh, she's... I know this chick. I have seen this chick. She's like every time I've seen uh, very short hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. gray. Uh huh. Yeah. Every time I see her, I'm like, oh man, if you didn't have so much that I needed to watch to get to you, <laughs> I only watched the chase once. I still don't know what the fuck happened to their tire. 
So basically, uh, basically, as they're driving, as they're chasing down the road, uh, they the the truck basically drives over a piece of debris in the road, and then they're them in their little you know regular car. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's big enough that she swerves, but she still manages to slash the tire, and mm. so they basically pull over to the side of the road, and it is at this point where it's clear that Al is really really sick. Al actually opens the door and proceeds to vomit off screen. You know, she starts to say that, look, we have to get after the truck because the truck has medicine in it. And June's like, hmm. Because Al's kind of being, I mean, because Al is not being very, she's not providing a lot of information here. She's she's kind of a closed mouth character. And it's... Which is understandable in this world. Everyone's it's not a whole lot of info dump. A lot of what we've learned about some of these characters comes from them telling their stories to Al, and that's how they're learning about each other. I mean, because June knows how, really knows how um, John feels about her because she mm-hmm. watched Al's interview with John. And I uh, and in this episode, um, she tries to keep Al awake before she decides. Okay, fine, I'll go get your goddamn truck. They have an, a a wonderful little back and forth of. Um, uh, did you ever have someone? At which point, I screamed at my computer, "Would you like to have someone?" <laughs> because my notes, just so to let your audience know a little bit more about me. Um, my notes when Al showed up on screen at the very beginning of the episode are in all caps, wife, wife material, wife material right there. (laughs) I have to tell you, um, my, my experience with Maggie Grace as an actress is from her first time I saw her was the TV show Lost. Mm. And I did not like the character she was playing on Lost. And it wasn't because she was, she was, uh, you know, bad in the role. It's because the character was, I found the character to be very irritating. And mm. so when the character dies on Lost, spoilers for a show that's been off the air for a very long time, sorry. Um, I felt no great sadness. And I really don't think I have, if she's been in stuff I've seen since then, it hasn't registered. So when we saw she was being added to the cast, it was like, okay, that's fine. And then she shows up and Al's an interesting character and, and you know, she runs like she's got a camera and she interviews people, which, of course, I'm like, I like cameras and, and filming people. And and she's got a truck with a badass, you know, truck. And she's kind of cool and she's kind of mysterious. And she shows up and Dustin looks at her and goes, lesbian haircut. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so it was like, mm, possibly. So, um, <laughs> but of course, at this point we have, because Al is so cagey, we don't know enough about. Uh, her past specifically, because she tends to speak in general terms. She talks about mm-hmm. here, you know, the the tapes that are on the truck are her... She says that she's recording all this stuff because at some point in the future, these stories are going to matter. The chronicle of these events and these people's lives. And there's memory, some of her memories are there on that truck. And it's, so clearly some of the tapes are a, a people that she cared about. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect at some point we're going to get the, 
and here's Elle's story and the people that she lost. And, and I'm going to care very much about that episode. I think there's going to be a certain segment of the viewing audience who is going to be very disappointed if it does not turn out that she has got <laughs> a girlfriend or wife in her past. Yeah. And yeah. Got, uh, but again, you know, they have given no indications one way or the other with this character. And uh, so we shall see what happens there. So now that she's given that little tiny piece of herself, um, uh, June goes off to try and find our the truck. And in, in grand tradition of The Walking Dead, not understanding how vehicles and people walking work, uh, <laughs> she, finds the, she finds the truck. Uh, in like two seconds. Yeah. So, but the, basically, you know, the truck ran out of gas. And he had point, he had like a cup of it. He, yeah. could, he could have a fast chase. Why was he going so fast and burning all of his gas? Because because the Walking Dead universe does not understand how fuel works. It never has. Um, I said... know, but like <laughs> the the character, I can. You just have him. You just have him going very slow. That's my thing. And you have Al kind of fumbling over herself because she's she's sick. And then he realizes, oh, I just passed the motherfuckers I stole this from. They're chasing me. Then you speed up. I don't understand tearing ass down the road when you have a third of a cup of of gas to work with that you siphoned with your mouth. And anyway. Yeah, well, that's, so, oh. you're 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 running into you're running into the problem that I always have, which is if you stare directly at the logic of various parts of this, you will go blind. The um, problem is you're thinking about it. You yeah, need to stop thinking you, about it. You have there there are times you just have to go, okay, whatever, because it, the you, problem is I was I wasn't going to bring it up, and then you bring it up, and it starts me, and we do need Dustin on this show. Yeah, <laughs> we miss yeah. you, Dustin. That's the problem. So exactly. So the she gets up and she's hunting around the truck and there's nobody there. At least she doesn't seem anybody. And then this guy shows up and he sticks the gun in her head. And he's like, you know, life is hard and pain and nobody can trust each other and, and everything is terrible. And she's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And he's like, yes, it does. And she's like, no, really, it doesn't. And he's like, it really does. He's like, no, seriously, it doesn't. If you spare me, I'm just going to be the guy that held a gun to your head. And when shit goes bad, I'll be the first one to go. And then she kicks his ass. <laughs> it was great just wrestles him basically tells him your morals are weak and so are your upper arms and then just tells him tell her where the shit is and he's like i don't know and she tears through the truck and doesn't find it and And gets very angry which is very sexy (laughs) and so here's here's the thing though um his argument is kind of you know, and when you and I were talking last night, the, the the that little rant I went on about how the show has a tendency to be very much give you hope and then take it away. Right. He's he's kind of an example of the mindset that is very becoming prevalent throughout both shows. You know, the this is how vil- the villains of the shows think. You have to yeah. you have to fight for everything you have. You have to take it away from other people. Working together um, from from a uh, 
a position of equality versus power dominance games because most of the bad guy, most of the real bad guys of both shows are the people at the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the and they're terrified of the people at the bottom clawing their way up and taking what they have. Now, in some cases, that's very, very valid because the people at the top are essentially ruling through fear and mm-hmm. and violence, and therefore they are not exactly building real loyalty. Um, yeah. But in some cases, the people at the top have built up sort of cult. Uh, I joked. I joked when I was explaining the show last night that oh, yes. <laughs> that you know Nick Nick had never met a cult leader he didn't like, but there have been a surprising number of uh, cultish or uh, groups that this that Fear the Walking Dead has encountered, where people have you know it's cult it's nothing else it's a cult of personality, where the people in charge have on the basis of sweeping rhetoric or. Um, you know, mm-hmm. a uh, uh, creating a worldview that draws people to them have created a, a power situation. They're not necessarily ruling through fear or violence, but they're ruling through kind of a fear of the outside world or a fear right. of of being overrun by the other in some way, shape, or form. Ruling Whether through dogma. Yeah, and. And so here, here's this character where he's basically saying, you know, we can't have we can't have nice things because people are terrible. And June is going, well, kind of, but we could try and be better. And I thought it was an interesting, you know, especially after trying to give you the crash course in all of this, to mm-hmm. basically have the that little mini argument of what the show kind of teaches over time is yeah. is kindness and goodness are worth fighting for but they're probably gonna lose <laughs> yeah it's it's a uh it is a uh zero-sum game and it's very interesting to have him it was so interesting to have him um summarize that and have her go i don't have a good argument but i have a gun and i really just want you to leave before i decide to use it well there's and, i think i can't remember what it was but at some point it may have been honestly it may have been an old star trek episode where the line was but we don't have to kill today ah uh, yep and i think that the in some ways the walking dead the the best moments of the walking dead are usually when one of the characters says i could but i'm not going to i'm not going mm. to kill someone just because i can i'm going to let them go now this often comes back to bite them in the ass but that's not the point the point uh, is yes <laughs> you what this show and what this season has done a lot better than previous seasons is to give us characters whose first instinct is not to kill the stranger. It's to talk to them and to try and Mm -hmm. find a way to work with them. And now if the stranger decides to kill you, you fight back, but it's not, you know, kill them all. You gave them a choice. So he, she can't find the, she can't find the, the medicine and he's, she tells him just go away. And so she gets back to, uh, 
she calls she calls Alex. He's like, I can't find any of this medicine. And I was like, yeah, so funny story. Um, well, no, okay, hold on. Before before she tells him tells her the very funny story, there is a very, very anticlimactic zombie stuck in the mud, zombie pulls oh. free, zombie very, very slowly tries to kill Al. Yeah, because so Al is like weak as a kitten at this point, and, there's, and the walker comes up and it's like, you know, clawing at her. And the walker has been there for hours. The walker has been in the background, stuck in the mud since before June left, and right. they just let him hang out. So this is just you being a two lazy assholes literally coming back to bite you. <laughs> like, it's mud. At some point, he's going to get out of it. The Walking Dead universe has a problem with walkers and water, um, but we won't go into that now because that's a whole okay. other, another little rant. But do we also does it also have a problem where walkers are only deadly if we really want the character to die? Yes, actually, as a matter uh, of fact, uh, um, and sometimes walkers are stealth walkers, which means you don't hear them until they're right behind you, and sometimes uh-huh, and, then... and sometimes they're teleporting walkers because there's no actual way they could be where they are right now because we just that's... saw the we just saw the camera move and they weren't there before and that's not how things work. But uh... that fucks with me so much because <laughs> if you're going to have this big overlooming threat, it. <sighs> Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating that it becomes not only mundane. I can't even properly express why it upsets me that it's not consistent because part of me is going, well, yeah, life isn't consistent. One day you can open the cupboards and everything's fine. And the next day you open it and you get smacked on the head with something and you die. That's just the human condition. We are invulnerable until we aren't. We can fall uh, hundreds of feet off of a mountain and be fine. But three stairs can cripple you for life. Mm-hmm. And so there is an argument that, yes, it's inconsistent. But it's lazy i don't like lazy writing (laughs) well and that's and that's actually been a problem with with a lot of i think the fear of the walking dead more than than the walking dead the walking dead has at least had the model to follow the comic to some degree Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a one-to-one thing but they've they've tried to basically play along the same story arcs in the broad Mm -hmm. strokes fear of the walking dead has been out on its own which has had some real pluses because it hasn't come with trying to to tie itself to another medium but at the same time every now and again there have been examples of really really terrible lazy really lazy writing that shows up in the show so like i mean dustin and i have kind of hate watched the show at various points because it has been you know you just want to reach in and grab hold of the the characters and say stop listening to the writers (laughs) (laughs) because they do not have your best interests at heart and and then reach into the writers and say, I'm the audience. You don't have my best interest at heart either. So this season, Just... despite the fact this season has really upset a lot of, of diehard fans of the show, we've liked this season more because it hasn't had quite as much of that. And yes, it's a dramatic series. And consequently, you know, I've, I've worked on TV episodes. Um, I've worked on, you know, films... I know how this works. I know I know the realities of, of this sort of thing. But at the same time, 
it doesn't mean I can't look at it and go, I've just been slapped in the face by the hand of the writer and I don't like it. Yeah. And I you you mentioned the writer um very obviously showing up in the um in the explanation you gave last night, and that's exactly what I thought with the <laughs> Al gets to live scene, because her thigh is right there. Your head is laying on it. Bite it. Just bite the fucking lesbian's thigh. <laughs> Do what I cannot. <laughs> anyway, so she she gets away. She knocks his she knocks the truck down onto its head, and it it breaks open like a pumpkin. And she gets the walkie-talkie and is like, "Hey, so funny story. I lied. Uh, there's no meds in." there. I just needed you to get my van because my van is the most important thing. And June is the most unhappy. Well, yeah, I mean, she's a June. June's background is in nursing. So apparently the bus has a supply of some oh, drug. God because damn June... it. That was so <laughs> I know. It smash cuts. It, you, the end, right before the, uh, commercial break she's like lol lol, there's no meds and then it immediately cuts back to uh june standing it's a it's a a long shot with june standing and al sitting up against the the shitty truck that broke down and now has a walker underneath it and um june is obviously pissed staring away and then two seconds later, you're so lucky that that bus had drugs. I'm like, <laughs> hi, writer. Hi, I'm glad that you agreed with me that Al shouldn't die, but I'm not that happy that you couldn't figure out another way to do it. I know. Also, what kind of meds did she pop? Because she gets better so fast. Okay, see, that's another thing. That, that's another thing that we didn't talk about last night. Um, but The Walking Dead doesn't understand how people heal. No, no, it doesn't. Not, no. It doesn't. It doesn't understand how people get sick, and it doesn't understand how people get healed because people recover from serious, serious wounds. It incredibly fast. This season's been weird because John is actually still moving around kind of slowly because he got shot like weeks ago, and it's you know he has. There's not a hospital nearby. He's got to take some time to heal. But yeah, walk so, it off, buddy. Yeah, so Al is just like. Oh, I have taken the medicines, and now I am better. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. But they managed to make it work, I guess. The whole episode, they've been. Um, all, wait, are you gonna are you gonna go back and and cover the um, the side stories in this episode? Or yeah, so the side story in the episode is basically Morgan and Wendell, Wendell and Sarah. She has the voice. She has the voice of the character fine, but the acting is horrible. She's so stiff. That's Mo Collins. And Mo oh, no. Collins is uh, a actress and she's a comedian. Um, she was on Mad TV for years. She's always on Parks and Recreation. Uh, it kind in, of shows. And, and she was kind of painted as the villain last episode. Um, she and, and Wendell, uh, and Wendell is Daryl Mitchell. And as, as, as if you didn't catch last week's episode, he's in a wheelchair because Daryl Mitchell actually is in a wheelchair. So Wendell and Sarah were kind of painted as being sort of the bad guys, uh, last episode, but through the power of Morgan, 
uh, they have they have uh, uh, changed their their not exactly evil ways, um, and so they're kind of you know going along. They are making their way to Texas because that's where Morgan, the people, you know, they're coming from from Mississippi, and they're making their way to Texas because that's where all these people are that Morgan knows who were he was separated from from in, in the storm by the magical powers of a hurricane. Yeah, that's not how things I work. Was, but uh, yeah, I was uh, explained. I there was ranting. We'll leave it for now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're stopping along the way, and they are leaving the boxes, which is how this whole thing started for Morgan, which is finding these boxes that say "Take what you need, leave what you don't," and that's how he got this connected to the semi. And which is uh, so cool. Wendell- I love. I love it. Yeah, Wendell and Sarah, he thought initially Wendell and Sarah were the people behind it, but it turns out that they stole the truck from the original guy. And But Morgan basically has turned them around, and Jim is along for... Uh, Jim is the third guy with them, and Jim is... Jim brews beer. That's his <laughs> thing. So he had the beer at the end. He had a brewery, and he before uh-huh. before the apocalypse... He was getting ready to sell his brewery to a major mm-hmm. conglomerate, and it didn't happen because you know end of the world. And, uh-huh. and but really going to need the booze now. Well, see, he made a very good point, and and we talked about this last week. Is that beer is actually intertwined very strongly with the rise of of both Western and Eastern civilization because. Uh, the early beers were essentially liquid meals because they were very, very, uh, they were, the water was purified, which was something that was not common. Um, Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of yeast in them. And so you actually were getting bread and water in ways that a lot of the average person could not afford, but they could afford Mm -hmm. beer because beer was everywhere. And so he's actually got this, mindset that to have the world rebuild itself you're actually going to need beer because it's historically <laughs> has that role in helping grow cultures oh my god i love that and it's actually true that and is so uh speaking of things that we uh forgot um for all the people that's been screaming telltale telltale made the games yes ah, i just remember there we go that's right so, I apologize. <laughs> so they are they are leaving these boxes along the way, and then they come. They're driving along, and they stop to to replenish a box, and there's somebody there, and it's the lady from last week, um, who's a black lady, probably I'd say middle age, late middle age. She's probably close to my age. I mean, I'm I'm in my late forties. She could be a little bit older, could be a little bit younger. It's hard to tell. She's got one of those faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got gray hair. She's got a real presence to her. She's got one of those ex- those the the way she can just look at you know. She's got one of the expressive eyes that kind of just look at you and go, "Okay, she's thinking about something, and I'm not sure I want to know what it is." We think that she may have the zombie of version of the guy who originally had the truck. We're not sure. That was she's the, that taken was the, a Sharpie, and she has written things on her. Can we call her Sharpie Lady? Well, for now. Um, <laughs> yes! <it's, laughs> 
because <laughs> we don't have a name for her. But she looks at Morgan, and Morgan's like, so this is what it is, and, you know, take what you need, and, and she's like, oh, that's I, it. I was, in, I was just like you. It really helped me. It means what it's, they mean what they say on the box. It's just very and, solemn monologuing. Yeah, and, and she looks at him, and she's like, you know, you should be careful out there. It's a scary world. And he's kind of like, thanks, total stranger I'm lady. Not, <laughs> I'm not weak. I never said you were. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very cryptic. And And then he's like, I'm going to leave the road now and go off into the woods. And she's like, okay. And then the camera comes back and we see that she is not just milling around and touching everything in the box. She is also contaminating everything in the box. She is putting bullshit water into perfectly good water. So this chick... uh, wants people to get sick and possibly die yeah it's interesting i don't i don't because because fear of the walking dead is separate doesn't isn't carrying along the same arcs that the walking dead has there's no reference here in because we know that with with the walking dead they're getting ready to start the whispers storyline so it's like okay well we kind of know where we are in terms of relation to the comic fear the walking dead we don't have that so it's very curious to see who this is because she's ominous as hell Oh, yeah. She has a presence about her. Everything that she does is like, I have very strict rules, and you don't know them. <laughs> Morgan and his group and June and he Al. He climbs a, 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 a water tower and, and monologues at the top of the water tower, and hey, then he at, goes back to his truck. Hey, at least he got up on, at least he got up, uh, up high where, the, you know, after my rant, yes! my, my rant about uh, uh, radio signals, at least they... They did hear you. My, my rant went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a writer sat there and went, hey, how do radios work? Um. <laughs> hey, you know that episode that we just wrote? Yeah, I checked all of the radio bullshits wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's too late to fix it. Well, we're just going to do it better this episode. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that, you know what? I can I can appreciate that. He's broadcasting where he's at. We're at uh, mile marker 27. And she's like, mile marker 27. That's really, really close. And Al's like, yeah, um, I'm not going. And she's like, what? And Al's like, yeah, I'm not leaving my bullshit truck. And June's like, that's really dumb. It's really dumb, but I'm sorry. I'm going. And just this dramatic fucking lesbian gets out of the car, walks 10 feet. June starts driving away and she, and Al just shoots into the air to get her attention again. And what? June stops the car. Al walks up and goes, I would have gotten on the walkie, but you know, (laughs) I loved that. It was so silly. Just yeah. Waste the bullet you should have used on the walker in the mud. (laughs) <laughs> yes well so they reconnect 
with the others and it's like oh hey we're back together now we have to see if we can find the other people yay and go do our and we reunited but we're not gonna hug because it's the apocalypse and we don't show emotion but morgan is morgan's also not a giant huggy person so it's there's a certain amount of that that i'm i'm not surprised about late with these other characters when we get reconnected with some of the other characters i'd be really disappointed if we don't get some real because uh, yeah i mean john you know, John Dory is going to be very, very happy to see June again because, as far as he knows, she's probably he doesn't know that she's even alive. So mm-hmm. he certainly doesn't know that she found his little video diary and decided it was cute and not creepy. That's true because he is cute, and that's the um, that's the sweet he thing. He does about... seem very cute. He does. Oh, John is John is just. I mean, we're so concerned. We're so concerned because John is like he's a genuinely good person. Who just wants to try and be a good person and be good with other people. And we're like, oh God, you're so doomed. Please don't be doomed. You're just... We like you. And you're played by Garrett <laughs> Dillahunt. And you're a, Garrett Dillahunt is a badass actor. So can we please keep him around a little bit longer? Please let him live. We'll see what happens. It- if 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 you go if you put him through the grinder, can he just come out again whole? Like, yeah, just just with enough limbs to keep going on. You've established exactly. that a wheelchair, a guy in a wheelchair, can make it. I love when characters get fucked up. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in it, my favorite thing in media is to put them through hell and show that they deserve happiness on the other end. Which well, yes. apparently this this series isn't necessarily the best at but maybe it's going in that direction yeah it'd be nice we'll see we'll see so so june's like okay and she does the radio thing and she's like hey total stranger out there who i didn't kill you're welcome um you know you could come join us we're we're gonna keep moving on and you don't have to be alone and things could be good and and you don't have to be you know uh in a this dark place and he's like Really? And she's like, "Hey, hi, how are you?" And he's like, "I." It was honestly... kind of flirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, again, it's it, his his sort of expression of uh, kind of just disbelief that this offer yeah. is real. And she's like, "No, honest, yeah. you know, come join us. It's you know, it's we're we're here." You know that thing that didn't happen? Yeah, there's boxes on the road that prove that it it really does happen. And I'm not. I'm not holding it against you, dude. You really can't come with us, and you will just be whatever your name is, and not the guy that uh, held a gun to my head. Well, and, okay, is his name Gwyn or Clint? Because I couldn't hear it clearly. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. It might be Clint. Um, uh, I, I, I'm I'm not sure what it was, but basically, his name is uh, dies too early. Uh, <laughs> Because he... Wasted actor because I really enjoyed him. And in fact, my notes say, uh, oh, where is it? Uh, fuck off, decent actor. You're not wanted in this series. And then he <laughs> kept coming back. And, um, and hey, lady, yeah. why? What the fuck? You wasted a perfectly good actor. Okay, the way that she offs him is the most Looney Tunes bullshit. Why the hell? She is she is clearly listening in on all of the shit because not only is she lurking near the mile markers, but she has taken the time to make it look like mile marker 21 is mile marker 27, specifically so this asshole will stop at it and so she can gank him. Yeah, because basically June says, meet us at mile marker 27, and he's like, okay. And he comes up, and he goes and pulls up, and the sign says 27, and there's nobody there. 
And she's like, hey, hot chick who kicked my ass, where are you? And she's like, um, I'm at my old marker 27. He goes, no, you're not. And she goes, I really am. And she goes, check again. And he walks up and he realizes that the sign has been altered. And yes, that's when he is killed most foully by the, the zombie on a chain by this mysterious woman. You know, of course, at that point, June can't hear anything what happened to him anymore. Then she takes this guy. She, she, she what sets, sets the first guy free. In this very, like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to let you free now. I'm going to miss you. You are such a good little puppy. You have a good time out there with all your friends. I'm going to miss you, Tucker. <laughs> and then she takes it and she, she writes on the new guy's face. It was something about people. It was either the last thing that he said or it was something that she overheard the during people, their conversation. The people, the people you need, the people you, the people you care about. Something like that. and The people that matter, I think it was. Whatever is going on with this character, uh, she's interesting. I'll give her that. Yeah, you mentioned cults and how cults are, especially in this season, are a big thing. And my immediate thought was she is a cult of one. She has a dogma. She has some kind of connection that is, uh, her worldview is very much completely shifted now that the world has ended and it has very much become something just something about weakness like the living are weak but she's not weak for some reason like that's that's what i'm most interested about finding out of her philosophy is why she is the exception why she does not give herself over to death and become like her pets and and if she considers them to be pets because she has a very caring relationship and at the same time it's very much a controlling relationship it's mm-hmm. a you sit in the back and i make sna- i make i make snappy commentary at you and eventually i replace you <laughs> with someone new that i write some other cryptic shit on and lounge over while he's coming back to life and yet he doesn't have the strength to get at my neck that yeah. was so frustrating. I, I mean, I know she's a larger lady, and I don't doubt that, you know, if June can kick his ass while he's alive, that she can kick his ass while he's dead. But the second that you told me that, like, baby walkers are the most dangerous, I got retroactively more angry about the end of this episode because she just lounges on him well, like she... they just had good sex and she's just smiling so happily into his face while she, he's trying to go for her jugular ineffectually. Well, it's also, it's hard to tell how he's restrained. We don't see the way it's, oh, the way fair, it's filmed. Fair. He could be restrained. And I, you know, I have to say that, that I don't mind the mystery here because it's, the, the it's I'm curious about this character and and that's yes. actually a really good thing because finding yes. new ways to keep storylines interesting is something shows should do reminder to folks who are really unhappy that the show changed so much from last season yes it's okay mm-hmm. to be upset that Nick is dead and Madison and Madison might be dead it's okay to be upset about this stuff folks but the reality is is that if the show doesn't change if it doesn't evolve it doesn't add new characters and lose characters apocalypses have to have casualties for them to work. 
There have to be stakes, otherwise you won't care about the characters. And Fear the Walking Dead, one of the problems with this show that Dustin and I have complained about from the beginning is that this core group of people, Madison and her family and Strand, uh, have basically been indestructible. Everyone around them will die terribly. They will make it through. Uh, And once they started getting picked off one by one, people started getting upset, and Dustin and I started going, now things are getting interesting because there are consequences and there are risks for the character. So come back to the show if you haven't watched it. Um, If you didn't like this season... I'm sorry, you're missing out on some of the best stuff this show has done, which is not saying a yes. lot, admittedly. I mean, I mean I'm, dam- <laughs> I'm, I'm damning with faint praise here because there have been real problems with the show. I mean, there's been good episodes, not not to knock the performances of, of the people involved or the or the what the writers have attempted to do at various points, but it hasn't always been successful. And this uh, this season has been has had its low points, but there's overall. Um, they've kind of described this season as a western with zombies, and Ooh. I can really see that that intent. That's really how it's come across in a lot of ways. So I'm enjoying this season a lot more than the previous seasons. Um, and it sounds like it you seems... at least you weren't traumatized uh, by this episode. Oh no, I genuinely enjoyed it. Like, okay. um, I, I mean, it's part of it was the cast. Um, just the fact that it was mostly a June and Al episode and I loved their performances immediately latched on to Al. Um, uh, I've been meaning to say she reminds me of a character from a web comic called, um, zebra girl, same kind of premise of a, um, a journalist character who, um, who ends up in, in the fiction of the story ends up, uh, shooting a student film about a mystery and then disappears becoming a mystery she starts uh recording supernatural characters stories and it starts off with the titular zebra girl who is a demon um and she's also just an un uh a uh a a lesbian that is not a lesbian in the fiction which is so upsetting but anyways i just, I really enjoyed the episode. It had great acting. Um, the little nitpicky things weren't obviously as, uh, as so much that it took out of it. And of course, I can't, I went in expecting it. In fact, I went in prepared for far worse. <laughs> the fact that it this season seems to be at least in part in part taking criticisms of previous seasons and actually um, answering them in in, in small ways. Um, that shows that, you know, these writers actually care about telling a story that is engaging to more than just the audience that they have. Um, it seems like they care about getting, uh, growing from here. And that, that does involve taking the criticisms of the people being being like, I'm this close to dropping you, show. Yeah. You keep doing this, show. I'm hate-watching, but at any moment. Like, hate-watching... <laughs> can turn into just loathing. Oh, like yeah. um we uh I was talking with uh the birth mom in this um in this equation. Um and she was telling me about a show and I can't remember the name so I can't send you all off to also hate watch it. But it was very good at having garbage writing 
until the last five minutes where it would show a twist and it would yank you into watching the next episode. And no, I'm not talking about Sherlock, BBC Sherlock. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it was it was some mystery show that was specifically about a, a mom going missing and then her relationship with the um, stepmother of her child. Mm. And Laurel's big issue was, uh, and Bruce, Laurel's husband, um, their big issue was, that's not how a child acts when an adult comes back into their life. <laughs> you know why we know that? <laughs> because when uh, we because we put a child up for open adoption, came back when they were 11, and that kid was really happy about it. And so, you know, you can at any moment decide no i'm done with your shit show the internet exists if i really want to find out what your tr your bullshit is about i can wait oh three weeks and then check your wiki yeah <laughs> you could wait 20 minutes now and check your wiki yeah <laughs> pretty much well cool i'm glad you enjoyed it i i you know we've at various points in in the course of watching these shows, it has been hate watching, and it's been frustration, and it's been fascination with just how how off the rails in a bad way, or in a dumb way, these shows can go. And every now, and I think one of the things that keeps a lot of people watching these shows is that when it gets it right, it's really good quality entertainment. It just gets it wrong a lot of the time, mm -hmm. and that's. It's tough. It's tough yes. to make a weekly TV series. It's, I mean, it's a lot of work for a lot of people, and the writers are all. I mean, if you look, if you look at the writing, the the writers on this show, if you go to the Wikipedia page and look at who writes it, there's there's quite a few returning writers. There's quite a few folks who uh, have written more than one episode, but there's a wide range of people who have written individual episodes. And having that all come together to fit into a coherent, you know, each character acting the right way every episode, some of that's on the actors uh, themselves, of course, um, mm -hmm. is not actually that easy. And that's why they have writer's rooms and, and head writers and things like that. But it's still a tough thing to do. So the fact that they've gotten more right this season... For for Dustin and I, my point of view, um, and the fact that you were actually coming into this uh, with with my fair warnings about <laughs> how this show doesn't always get it right, and and, and with your wiring to nitpick everything, <laughs> because I am also a creator and thus have extremely high standards. Yeah. So good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to watch the next episode, which I wasn't sure. If I was going to be, I was, I, you know, I was excited to be on this podcast with you. I was excited to share something with you and, and help fill the void that Dustin has left us. But, well, and um, I was very happy I wasn't, thank you, but I wasn't sure if I was going to be, like, actually looking forward to consuming the media sure. that this was going to, this was going to entail. But I am. I well, genuinely good. want to see where Sharpie Chick leads. I want yeah. to see, of course, more of my wife. Um, <laughs> which girl am I talking about? You decide, because both of them are fantastic. I want to see. Um, I want to see what 
actually what Sharpie Chick does with Gwen slash Clint. It's going to be interesting. Um, well, we may. Uh, I was talking to Dustin, and he said that depending on where he is um, with getting settled still, uh, he may take next week off too. So we'll maybe we'll. Mm. Uh, but in any event, uh, Nikki and I have talked about doing a additional show, a, a spinoff of Zompocalypse Now. And we've talked about spinoffs of Zompocalypse Now before. We have the fiction idea that we're going to work on, uh, continuing to work on. Uh, but we've talked about doing an, another podcast, which will be set in the same general vicinity-ish of, <laughs> of media, if nothing else. We listen to some of the same podcasts. We were talking about watching some of the you know, uh, new shows. We're talking about uh, doing a, a look back at, at the first season of Castle Rock, because neither one of us have watched yep. it. Um, so that's something to look forward to, that we will be doing this again. And we'll, we'll, I will have the, the good fortune to have... Uh, uh, some podcast time with my very own Spawn child. Yes. Because this is fun. You know, I like talking to you anyway and, and getting to do this, <laughs> getting to talk about this sort of thing that, that I do on a regular basis is also very cool. So thank you very much for joining me for this. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. And thank you guys for listening. <laughs> um, as always, uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we would love to have you follow us on Facebook and Twitter as much as I am crap at tweeting. Um, I do manage to post the episodes every week and Dustin will occasionally live tweet the episodes. You know, we're on iTunes, we're on podcast.com. If you want to leave us a a comment or leave us a rating, that sort of stuff does help people find us on, on those platforms. Uh, ratings and comments help move you up in the, those platforms, internal rankings, which means you get promoted by them occasionally. Again, we thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. And uh, thank you, Nikki, again, for, for playing with me tonight. It was my pleasure. Have a good night, you guys. Zompocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.